This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend John Beeler. Got a pretty cool program today. We will uh, be chatting uh, with our good friend Ted Kratzonos out of Toronto about Alexa in cars. Do you want to talk to your car? Well, that might soon be possible. We'll also be chatting with the folks over at eSight. They've got some really cool glasses uh, for people with certain types of vision loss to help them see more clearly. And uh, we'll also be chatting with the folks at London Drugs. If you've got an old computer or laptop that's still in good condition, uh, you know, and is usable, but it's just gathering dust, they've got a great donation program going on right now that uh, helps bring some of those... uh, old laptops and uh, computers to students uh, that need them for back to school. So we'll be chatting with uh, Nick over there about how that all works. And uh, John, I think I'm going to bring some some old stuff in there because I've got a bunch kicking around. I think we both do, yeah. <laughs> I think my wife will uh, love this. Uh, John, I want to talk about couriers right now quickly. I think we've all got, and I'm sure the listeners probably have, you know, millions of these stories. I mean, the pandemic and the lockdown have been challenging for all of us and we're getting more deliveries obviously because of it i can only imagine the courier companies and canada post they must be going insane right now with the increased uh volume but i i've been having challenges john um <laughs> like getting deliveries on any semblance of a schedule um and we've talked about this i think the worst and i'm sorry for calling them out but ups has just been horrendous for me over the past few months it's a three-way tie for the three worst career companies with yeah. UPS. Canada Post has been amazing. Yeah, UPS is the only one that hasn't. Everybody else has been awesome. Yeah, FedEx, I, I don't have any problems with. Like, my one story, um, I get, you know, this tech gear into review all the time, and uh, I think it was in March, uh, Huawei had sent me one of their latest phones uh, to review, and... You know, it, it's important that we get these things in a timely fashion so that we can review them when, you know, before they come out so that we can post all our articles. Anyway, like three weeks go by and I, I keep getting these updates from UPS. It's coming. It's coming. And every day it doesn't come. And then they send me a, another update the next day. It's coming. And when I finally got it, oh my God, uh, unfortunately, Huawei had put like a gift basket in this big box and, uh, with the phone, and unfortunately, in that gift basket uh, was all sorts of things like a bottle of wine, a, a nice wine glass, uh, a jar of jam, and a little teddy bear. And John, this box, when the, the UPS driver, he he literally just kind of almost tossed it onto my front step, and the box looked like it had been beat to hell. Like I've never seen anything like it. Anyway, I open it, and it's a crime scene. <laughs> It's a crime scene. The uh, the the jam jar had had smashed open because this thing had just been tossed around like crazy. It had broken the wine glass, and shards of glass had penetrated this poor little teddy, white teddy bear, and it's just covered in red jam. It, <laughs> you showed it, me a photo. Oh, I oh my god, I was I was laughing. It it was just so comical, like this poor teddy bear just dead. Yeah, <laughs> just dead. I, I had a really 
frustrating experience with them just yesterday. Uh, we were uh, shooting segments at your house, so I wasn't going to be home, but I was expecting a big delivery from Microsoft. We've got a bunch of new Surface devices coming in for review, and you know they're not inexpensive devices. No. And I wasn't going to be home, and I got the notification that UPS was going to be delivering. They hadn't even picked up the package in Toronto yet from where it comes from. And I said, I went into the, you know, the uh, UPS at home account thing. And I said, you need to defer this delivery a day because I'm not going to be home. I don't want it sitting on my porch. And knowing my luck, it'll leave, it'll arrive 10 seconds after I drive out of my driveway and be sitting there all day waiting to be stolen. Yeah. They actually have this thing now where you can do that. You can pick your, your alternate delivery day. I'm thinking, cool. Oh, but there's a charge. I'm like, are you serious? Okay. And, and, the, and the charge is $2.10 because yeah. you have to pay tax on the charge as well. And so then I'm thinking, okay, good. It's all taken care of. I don't have to worry about it. I can go. We can go do our thing at your house. Everything's good. And then I get a notification from my video doorbell. Oh, someone just left a package on my doorstep. Fortunately, it was pretty late in the so, day. But you paid to have um, it delivered a day later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it showed up on time. And they took uh, your they took your money. Oh, they took my money, yeah. yeah. So then, then guess what I got to do today? Oh, dear God. You didn't try to get that $2 back, did you? I did try to get my $2 back. <laughs> I felt like John Cusack. And, you know, <laughs> give me my $2. And um, so I actually had to call. Oh and of course, God. the number that they have is not the number you need to call. Yeah. So they had to transfer me after me trying to explain to this woman that my package had arrived when it was supposed to, but I had paid for it to come later, but I already got it. She's like, well, what's the problem? I'm like, I got it when I didn't want to get it. Yeah. And I paid and, did, and I paid. And she could not understand this. <laughs> So she had to transfer me somewhere else, which of course meant like a half hour on hold situation. Oh, you and cheap, then, you cheap bastard. Like $2. Well, it's the principle. Yes. Okay. It's the principle. Yeah. Right. And, and also it's like, you're forcing me to pay for something that I didn't want. I'm not going to give you $2 willingly. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't give them 10 cents willingly. <laughs> Anyways, I finally talked to somebody who seemed like she was overburdened because she's probably working from home and her kids were screaming in the background. Yeah. And she said, well, if it was delivered differently than your date, then they'll just refund it automatically. But we can't do anything until at least 48 hours after the delivery. I'm like, great. So I get to call back again if it doesn't get taken off my credit card. John, you will never get that $2 back. You, you have to find the right person that understands how to get in the system and fix that. But I want more than $2 back. What do you want? I don't know. A brown <laughs> truck? <laughs> And you know what? I'm sorry for calling them out, but they... I they don't deserve know. to be called out. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I know it's hard. And those those delivery guys, they're like working nonstop. So I, I truly appreciate it. But somewhere it's not in the, their fault at all. Yeah, no, no it's, somewhere it's in the, their system. Yeah, somewhere in the back end, their system is not good. Their no. computer system. I There's something, something up there. So I'm sorry. Like the people that work there are fantastic, but I don't know what Atari computer you're running your, your logistics and delivery system on, but it's not working. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're talking with Ted Kritsonos about Alexa in your car. The new GM vehicles are building it right in, hard baking it in. Is this something you'll use? Well, let's find out. Back after this. 
You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Still lots to talk about on today's program. Later on, we'll be chatting with the folks at London Drugs. If you've got some old computers and laptops, why not donate them for students who need them this fall? We'll also be talking with the folks at eSight. They make some very cool glasses that help uh, people with certain types of uh, vision loss see better. Uh, really cool technology. Right now, I want to talk about Alexa. And uh, I'm happy to say I actually turned off all the Alexa devices in my house so they don't go off while we're doing this interview. But I'm sure I'm uh, pissing off people <laughs> across Western Canada uh, right now. Uh, we're going to talk about Alexa in your car. Do you want to talk to your car? Well, that's going to be possible with uh, the new GM vehicles. We've got Ted Krutsonos from Toronto on the line to walk us through this. How you doing, Ted? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Well, we, we wanted to bring you on because, as we all know, you are an Alexa expert. And uh, now they're putting that into GM vehicles. What's going on? Yeah, so it's now GM is not the only automaker that's done this. And the integration has been going on in the U.S. for some time now. So it's kind of a new thing in Canada, but not new for the auto industry. And interestingly, uh, for GM, they're doing it in a number of vehicles, not just this year, but they've said that they're actually going to make it retroactive through an update to vehicles, not not all the vehicles, but to a number of them going back to the 2018 model year. So if you have a 2018 model car and it's a GM vehicle, you might want to inquire to see if you are eligible uh, for that update because you can get the Alexa in there as well. Unfortunately, anything older than that, so 2017 or newer, won't work. So why do we want Alexa in the car, Ted? I think that's the big question. Yeah, so the idea is twofold. So on the one hand, you'd be able to control pretty much anything you normally would control with Alexa anyway. So for example, you know, you're heading home and maybe you want to turn on certain lights or anything else is Alexa enabled, you can do that from the car uh, just like you would at home. There's no real difference in how you control your devices. You can also control music. So if you're a Spotify premium subscriber especially, although this does work on the free tier as well, but especially if you're a premium subscriber, you can also play music by voice too. So you can tell it, hey, uh, you know, play this song by this artist, and it'll do it. Um, so there, there's a couple of different things, I, I think a couple of different reasons why you'd want to use Alexa just the same way you would at home but you're just applying it in the car. I could order toilet paper from my car. You could. Uh, <laughs> you could. Uh, the, the the shopping part of it is, you know, not fully laid out yet, but uh, but I, that is the eventual idea. The, so the, the roadmap, so to speak. Yes, 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 yeah. The eventual idea is that you would be able to, you know, kind of do almost everything. Like, you can't do phone calls. So as you know, with, uh, with Amazon's own speakers, you can use them as uh, phones. So uh, speaker phones, basically. Uh, you can't use that feature, unfortunately, uh, when it comes to the car, but you can. So you, you, you can't do a drop-in from the car, uh, from the GM version of the car? No, no, no. So they're not doing any drop-ins, unfortunately, John. And uh, on top, but what you can do, at least that they've integrated reasonably well, is that you can actually dial a number to uh, call from your phone. So you're, you're not, it's not like how it is with, you know, with an Alexa Echo speaker where you're, you know, you're, you're, you're talking to each other through your respective speakers. It's not like that. It's just that what happens is that when you elect for Alexa to be the voice platform in the car, when, by, and what I mean by that is you're pressing the voice button on the steering wheel, 
it, it effect, effectively kind of takes over from from the one that GM has in there. And so some of the features that would be a that would be mapped to GMs are now with Alexa. So that includes phone calls. It includes even like climate control uh, in the car too. So they they've integrated in an interesting way that if you're using it even on a basic level, it can be convenient. And what's what I think is good too is that it can work in tandem with CarPlay or Android Auto. So if you wanted Siri or Google Assistant in there, you can actually have those work separately from Alexa as well. So it's actually it's a pretty decent integration. It's not without its flaws, which we can get to, of course, but uh, it, it's not bad the way they've laid it out. That's one of the things that uh, we talked about recently about uh, the Echo Auto, uh, the standalone device that Amazon actually makes that's now available in Canada. Um, I have a CarPlay system in Android Auto in my car, and I actually use it in addition to that because it gives me a little bit more direct access to the Alexa ecosystem from my car while still having everything else that my car offers as well. So it's interesting how they've done this with the GM integration. Yeah, and the, and it's a good thing you brought that up because the Echo Auto is the would be the option for for people who can't get this integration in their vehicles, right? So that's like that's an aftermarket product that you can put in to kind of get the same experience. Won't be exactly the same, but it, it'll be a similar experience because one thing GM did in addition to bringing Alexa in is they brought Spotify into the car too. Uh, it's not baked in in the sense that it has its own data plan, kind of like what Porsche did with Apple Music, of course, but. Uh, but it's it, it's there because it it kind of integrates with Alexa as well. So um, it, and and for the most part it works well. But there's one particular thing that I found odd uh, in that integration, which I can get to uh, well, as well. We'll get to that in a second. So a big yeah. question for me is the data. Like Alexa needs to go to the cloud to do all of this. Uh, is it working off your phone, or is do the cars have data in them to do this? So. There's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can use your phone's data, of course, uh, because naturally you're, you're pairing your phone anyway uh, to get, you know, when you set up Alexa in the first place, it needs your account. Uh, you use your phone to verify that. There's usually a QR code, you know, you, you point the camera at it, and then it sets you all up, and it's pretty simple from there. You can even also use the, whichever vehicle you have that GM has, or, or non-GM, I mean, any car that has Alexa, you can get the skill and apply that to your phone to the app on your phone, and that way you can presumably start your car from your home, hmm. right? So you can you can talk to the speaker, and then it'll start the car. Um, so yeah, you do need your phone. And then on the other hand, if like in this case, the Chevy Trailblazer I was test driving, which has its own in-car Wi-Fi hotspot, if there is data that is on that, you can actually connect the phone through Wi-Fi, and essentially you're using the car's data to do it but bear in mind that buying data for the car is not cheap so it might actually be cheaper to use your phone as opposed to the in-car data in the long run and how easy is is this to set up ted i'm I'm just thinking of normal people (laughs) out there listening to us right now carplay android auto alexa you know there's a lot of stuff going in these vehicles now and for some people it is is confusing like did you find the setup easy difficult medium it was easy it was easy so to gm's credit it is a pretty straightforward process because there's only a few steps what's the downside ted so the downside that i found in particular was one thing with spotify that i thought was really weird which was that any playlist so normally with spotify when you use alexa you even if you created the playlist it knows the name of that playlist and when you voice it 
it'll play it. For some reason, which I'm still figuring out with GM and Amazon, if you have a playlist that starts with a number, 90s, 80s, 70s, whatever, it, it just can't seem to understand it. And, and, and in my case, while, while I was testing it, it never got those playlists right. The ones that had no numbers in them, it played them without a problem. But the ones with numbers, unfortunately, never played. Uh, it always thought I, I meant something else, and I just never, ever got it to work. And so you know, I've spoken with both companies about that, and I haven't gotten a, an answer as to why it happens. Because when, you, when I do that on any other Alexa speaker at home, that never happens. Uh, it just plays those playlists without a problem. So I'm not sure where the disconnect is, but there is there definitely is an issue there. You know what I love about you, Ted? And, you know, we go to these press uh, events all the time. Uh, I would say, you know, you're, good thing you're so charming and you're good at what you do because <laughs> I would think in some cases you're their worst nightmare because you will find whatever is wrong with that thing and, and you're, not, you're not digging for it. You're not being a jerk or anything, but somehow you find them and you just and you just... Dig, dig at it, which is great for us because we get your expertise on it. So overall, your impressions, thumbs up, thumbs down? Well, it's thumbs up. And let's not forget, the 2021 Trailblazer is also the first GM vehicle to have wireless CarPlay and Android Auto. It's only in the active and RS trims, by the way, people. Don't forget that. But that's it's the first GM vehicle to, have, to offer those two platforms completely wireless. You don't have to plug in your phone. You can use the wireless charger in the car, and you are all set up. We've been talking with Ted Krotsonos about Amazon Alexa in the new GM cars. You'll be able to have your Alexa friend with you while you go on your road trip. Ted, thanks for joining us again. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. We want you to stay tuned uh, to the app show. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up here. We'll be talking uh, with the folks at eSight about some cool new glasses to help uh, people with uh, certain types of vision loss. And a great program. Have you got an old laptop or desktop in your house that uh, is just collecting dust, well, why not donate it so that a student can use it? London Drugs has teamed up uh, with uh, another company to make that happen in Western Canada. Listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. Going to talk smart glasses now, and uh, this is a topic that uh, we've spoken about uh, a number of times. Uh, As you remember, John, I got those uh, special uh, focals from North. Uh, the smart glasses that uh, unfortunately are dead now because Google bought them and killed it. <laughs> like my like my Google Glass. Like your Google Glass. Uh, but there are a number of companies out there that are in this space uh, that uh, are serving more uh, targeted or specific audience and, and doing well with it. Uh, one of those would be eSight, and we've uh, got them on the line today to talk about their, uh, their smart glasses. Uh, we've got Brian McCollum with us. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks, Mike. Am, am I correct in saying that they're smart glasses? You know, I, I would almost challenge it a little bit uh, because smart glasses typically played in that area of uh, mixed reality to where you had reality, you pulled something over the top of it. For us, it's more augmented reality, to be honest, uh, because you've got something that you're using their eyes, you're using their senses, uh, but they just can't see certain things. And so what we're doing is we're trying to augment that vision for them. Uh, so we like to refer to ourselves more as augmented reality versus smart glasses. Uh, we're also more of a device than than smart glasses, which I'm sure we'll dive into. So yeah, that's a fantastic point, Brian. Uh, your your glasses are made, uh, I think, more for people with some form of vision loss to help them see the world around them better. That's correct. What? Uh, how long have you guys been around? Like, what was the uh, the inspiration to start up uh, Esight? 
Yeah, so the, the company's been around about 10 years. It, it originally started with a gentleman named Conrad Lewis. Uh, he was the original founder, and he had two sisters that had Stargardt's disease. Um, and so Stargardt's disease is essentially central vision loss, uh, but typically found in younger patients. And we'll jump into macular degeneration in a little while, but uh, those, those sisters could not see. And Conrad committed to them at, at an early age uh, for them that he was gonna find a solution. And that's what he set out to do. Uh, he created eSight One, the original version in 2011, 2012. Uh, we just now launched eSight Four, which is our latest and greatest uh, here in 2020. So about nine years of transition uh, from a device that stayed very similar, but also very different. Uh, and we'll jump into that in a little while. Tell us about uh, the glasses themselves. How do they work? Okay. It's pretty simple, actually. It's, it's basically a camera on the front of it, and it's taking the image that you would normally be seeing. It's running it through our software system, which is an algorithm-based software system, and it's pulling the image and filling the gap on two screens inside the headset itself. And so think of it, one camera takes it, runs it through a software system, and it pulls it into a screen that's right in front of your eyes. And so what, what is interesting about our product is that it's it's got two screens it takes what you would normally be seeing in the middle that you can't see, and it makes it, makes it one picture because you still have your peripheral vision, uh, typically with central vision loss. And so we're not blocking that out. We're not taking and completely closing your headset off. We're makes, using what you have and also pulling it in, uh, the image in to make a full picture. Do these need any other devices like a smartphone or a computer? They do not. They're, they are self-contained. Uh, now, we do work with smartphones. We can also work with computers. Uh, we can link them. We can stream back and forth. We can mirror what's on a device. Uh, but the new eSight 4 is 100% wireless, self-contained. Uh, battery is in, the, is in the headset itself and pretty much for life on the go. How long does the battery last? So it's, they're interchangeable. Uh, each battery lasts anywhere from two to three hours, depending on brightness and some other factors that are, in, that are going on in the headset. Uh, so we, we include two with the device. So that should get anywhere, anywhere between four to six hours. And with a third battery, they could essentially be out um, to an eight hour day. Uh, for these glasses, uh, what kind of price range are we talking? So the eSight 4 is, is the same price as what the eSight 3 was, and it's right at, right at $5,950. Uh, that's kind of what our list price is. What, what, what is most, you know, most proud of what we've been doing here over the last two or three months is we're trying to make the product more accessible. And price is obviously a number that people sometimes gravitate toward, but for us, we look at how can we actually get these products to people. And so we have programs like an Empower program to where we help them fundraise if they are unable to come up with that money. And we have most recently started talking to insurance companies and, and just recently signed three uh, contracts with insurance companies uh, networks in order to cover the glasses for these people. So we believe it's more of a medical device, more of a technology that the healthcare system should be interested in and covering it, which will really alleviate the, the price point for some of these folks. How comfortable are these to wear for extended periods of time? So the new design, uh, the, the most recent design, eSight 3, before we just launched eSight 4, was, was essentially a pair of glasses that had a strap around it. And people told us we could probably wear it two hours max, right? It was just something that, even though it wasn't heavy, it just wasn't that comfortable to wear. The strap wasn't that comfortable. So 
that feedback went into how we developed eSight 4. And so eSight 4 is made with a, a halo type design for the head mount or for the headset itself. And so it basically sits on top of the head with full weight distribution. So you've got a battery in the back, you've got a goggles that tilt up and down uh, in the front. So it sits right on the head. We actually had a user and user acceptance who does computer programming and, and he was like, the comfort is not the problem at all. It's training your eyes because you're basically stimulating your eyes so much. He goes, I could wear the device all day long. He goes, but my eyes might get a little tired because I got to train them uh, to, to receive that synaptic activity. Uh, so I'd say from a comfort perspective, we, we've, we've got a design that we think can really play to what people need. I also think too that, that even if there is some discomfort, although it sounds like you've addressed some of those issues, the pros outweigh the cons, I guess, in this equation, you know, absolutely. You might wear it longer than you would normally just because you're getting so much use out of it. That's right. And, and this does, this device we think really plays well. Uh, a lot of the folks with visual disabilities, whether it's, you know, vocational rehab type facilities or VAs in the U S their job is to get people back to work. Um, and so these folks need to be able to work a six, seven, eight hour day. Uh, and so we, we needed to come up with a device that had the battery life, or at least we could interchange the batteries as well as comfort that would allow them to do that. So, so we really made a focused effort to, to come up with something that hits those marks. We're talking uh, with Brian McCollum. He is uh, the chief commercial officer over at eSight. They make some very special glasses uh, for folks who have uh, vision loss. Brian, can you talk about some of the different types of vision loss uh, this would, would help? Sure. So there's, you know, if you think about the number of people, vision loss impacts, there's 60 plus million people in the G20 countries that suffer from some type of vision disability uh, disorder, et cetera. And so the, the population is enormous, right? Uh, but that runs the gamut of, uh, you know, hundreds of types of diseases where we really play uh, is in the central loss area, central vision loss area. And so there's probably 20 to 25 true core diseases disorders that these devices really help with. And, and the big one being that impacts most people is macular degeneration. And so basically it's an age-related condition uh, that your macula begins to deteriorate as you get older. Uh, there are injections that people can use to try to prolong that. Uh, but this, the, the big bolus of those patients that we believe we can help are in that macular degeneration uh, arena. If you, if you back up a little bit to the next kind of two, diabetes is a huge risk factor across several countries. And diabetic retinopathy uh, is one condition that arises from diabetes. Uh, and so that's also a, a, the affects the central vision. And so those two are the primary ones. And when you back it on down to younger patients, uh, Stargardt's disease, which is kind of hereditary and kind of at onset at an early age. Uh, th those three are the big ones that we kind of focus on today. What's the future? Well, the future is eSight 4 today. Uh, yeah. So we just launched the product last week. Uh, I've, I, I do truly believe this is the, the, the best, truest, commercially viable product that the company has ever developed. Uh, we have taken user evaluation feedback. We've taken feedback from 3,000 plus users uh, that have had our eSight 2 and eSight 3 devices. And early indications are we've really hit the mark here on comfort, mobility, um, just design. Um, and so we, we feel really good about being able to offer that to the masses uh, and to be able to see where that takes eSight. I do believe, you know, as, as a mission, as we think about it, and we sit around and talk, 
we know these people are out there. We know our device helps them. How do we go find them? And, and that's the challenge that, that we've always had. Uh, and that's where we're focused our time right now. So we want to go find these people as much as we can uh, to help them. Brian, I appreciate uh, you talking us through this today. Uh, I mean, obviously, with the aging population uh, we have, this is uh, uh, very important technology uh, for folks out there because many of us will be experiencing this uh, vision loss. Uh, what's the website address if people wanted to find out more info? Uh, they can find us at www.esightiwear.com. That's where they'll be able to find us. Fantastic. Uh, that was Brian McCollum. He's the Chief Commercial Officer over at eSight.com. We're going to have to take a break, but there'll be more tech to talk when we come back. Stay tuned. You are back. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Well, we're heading into uh, the fall time frame. That means back to school in whatever form that might be. Uh, more than 23,000 children in BC, however, will require technology loans from their schools for remote learning. We're going to talk today uh, with Nick Corelli from London Drugs. They're partnered with a uh, an organization called BC Technology Learning Society. And uh, the goal there is to uh, get tech into the hands of these students that might not be able to uh, uh, afford it. Thanks for joining us today, Nick. Great to be here. Thank can, you. Can you give us uh, kind of the, the Reader's Digest version of what you guys are, are hoping to accomplish here? Sure, sure. I mean, first and foremost, Mike, uh, this is an opportunity to, as we, as we always want to do at London Drugs, is try to give back to communities and the communities that we serve. And so when we, when we became aware that um, a great number of, of uh, kids, students in our very markets that we serve are going uh, without the necessary technology to, to learn and to thrive, um, we really started to look for ways to help. And so in a partnership with BC Technology Learning Society, um, we've discovered that there's a really interesting synergy. They, uh, during COVID, have been having real difficulties getting their hands on lightly used technology. Things have dried up a bit. Uh, Small to medium businesses are fighting to stay in business and thus some of those sources that they would have had in the past aren't there anymore. And so what we're doing is trying to use our network our wonderful customer base to say, hey, if you're upgrading your technology because you have needs, uh, whether it be for business or school or what have you, do you have lightly used technology that could benefit these kids? If you do, bring it into London Drugs and we'll make sure it gets into the right hands. So that's really the, the center of what we're trying to do here. So what kind of tech are you are you looking for? It's a great question. Uh, you know, first and foremost, we're, we're looking for technology like um, laptops and PCs. But uh, as we know, uh, technology that's used for learning can span into tablets and phones as well. So we're accepting all of those. Um, we, we need them to be functional. We need them to, for example, if it's a Windows-based system, we'd really like it to be Windows 7 or newer just so that we can give those students a, just a fair learning environment. It needs to be in full working condition. It needs to have a power cord so that we can do what we need to do. The really cool part about this is um, our job is to bring these uh, the, the customers in to see if we can make use of this technology. We will make sure that it's got the requisite parts, wipe the hard drives to make sure that all personal information is removed. And then BC Technology Learning Society takes over from there. They have wonderful agreements on putting operating systems on these uh, on these devices, 
um, that are very low cost so they can do it and, and they're very good at it. What they're missing is the actual hardware with which to do it. Seems like a lot of work for London Drugs. Like that's that's a yeah. lot of uh, hours into like uh, getting these things up and going again. Yeah, you know, it's. It, I, I will give credit to BC Technology. They're, they're going to do a lot of the heavy listing in terms of loading the machines. Okay. Um, we've been recycling for many years, right? So we're we've 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 grown some some really good methodologies around this that are that maintain the privacy of the donor donors and what have you. But you know, Mike, uh, at the end of the day. It's about doing the right thing. It's about giving back to the community. Sometimes there's a cost related to it, but we found that to be always the right thing to do. What 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 if you get a bunch of stuff that is is not usable? What happens to it? Yeah, we we expect that that's going to happen from time to time, and and um, we already do that. So we invite um, our customers to bring in their technology. Um, you know, if it's broken or, uh, you know, obsolete, we invite them to bring it in so that we can recycle it effectively for them. So we do that today. As always, we clear hard drives and make sure that uh, personal information is gone. And then we recycle it through the channels that we, we're, we you know, our uh, What's the Green Deal program has been going on for many years. And it includes technology and, and uh, making sure that we recycle that responsibly. And... Can people go into any London drugs? That's the exciting part. So you've mentioned uh, BC Technology Learning Society. Um, Through them, we've been able to forge relationships with similar organizations across Western Canada. So what's really exciting as well is that no matter where the location is, across our chain of 81 stores, this program is in place and you can bring your technology in. And if you, for example, bring your technology in in Saskatchewan, it will benefit students in Saskatchewan and so forth across Western Canada. Well, you know, Nick, I have to tell you, I, I appreciate this. I mean, you guys are a big company, but what I've always liked about London Drugs is you got a heart as well. I know a lot of you guys uh, for many years over there, and you're real people, and you really do care about what you do, and you care about the community as well. And I think this is a, a wonderful opportunity to uh, even declutter, I think, a lot of people's yeah. homes. You're like, uh, you know, John and I, uh, I mean, we're obviously nerds, but, uh, you know, we got truckloads of this this stuff in in our garages and stuff and i can imagine people you know over the years start collecting this uh, as as well so uh this is a wonderful opportunity to have it uh recycled uh and uh, put to use uh, for students that uh, that basically need this technology yeah thank you I, I you know i have to say i really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you both about this i can tell you uh our whole group is really excited about this um you know i have to tell you um being able to give back feels really good. Yeah. Especially during these times, there's lots of stories about people that are in a, a difficult way. So we really, um, I got to tell you, I, I get so much satisfaction from leading a group that's excited to, to help. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy and glad that we can. I've been talking with Nick Corelli. He's uh over at London Drugs. They've got a great program going with BC Technology and Learning, uh, Learning Society. If you've got a gently used computer, laptop, uh, tablet, uh, phone that you think would benefit uh, a student that uh, needs this for learning this fall, go into any London Drugs and you can drop it uh, off there. I want to thank you so much for joining us and uh, telling, about, telling us about this program, Nick. It's, it's my pleasure. Uh, I just uh, uh, say to you both, be well and be safe. Thank you, Nick. When we, come back, when we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. 
You're back with the App Show. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got great contests going on right now, giving away a Samsung Galaxy A71 smartphone. This thing is a fantastic camera. It's fast, runs the latest Android, and uh, you can have a chance to win. Go to the newsletter tab at getconnectedmedia.com and enter, and you can win. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together, including John and Christina and the rest of the folks back at the ranch. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.